Hi, I'm Kat. And I'm Emma. If you love the Dead Prank podcast, you can help support its future using the ACAST supporter feature. Now, it's up to you how much you give and there is no regular commitment. So if you can and you want to, please do hit the link in the show description to support now. Thank you. Thank you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Dead Prank Club podcast. Now I am so excited about today's guest. You may know him from his time on The Last Leg which he's now been doing for the last 10 years. Alex Brooker is joining me today on the podcast and you are going to absolutely love this episode. This is one of the first times that Alex has actually talked about the loss of his dad publicly and hearing him speak about him was just you would think that he did this for a living. He spoke about his dad so candidly and his dad's story, what it was like when he died and his dynamic with his family and also the kind of internal struggles that he faces with dealing with his grief and with guilt like so many of us do. I've got no doubt that you're going to love this episode. I hope you enjoy it and let's get right in. So first of all, Alex, welcome to the Dead Parent Club podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. I'm so excited about this. I suppose the best thing to do to start with is, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself to our listeners, um, and then we kind of go into a bit of what life was like for you growing up, basically. Set the scene. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I, I'm Alex Brooker. Some people might know me from Last Leg and various uh, other kind of comedy entertainment shows. So I was born in Croydon. We moved uh, from Croydon to Kent when I was quite young for people that that don't know um i bang on about it all the time on telly so if you've seen any of the telly that the fact that i'm disabled is not going to come as a surprise to you so i was born with hand and arm disabilities had a a foot amputated when i was 13 months old and i think for for my mum and dad uh you know because we you know they're from croydon um which is a lovely place and got lots of family there but i think they were worried about um maybe me getting bullied and thought it was less chance of it if we went to maybe went to kent so yeah i know yeah they were like no it's ridiculous yeah it is but it, i suppose i mean i look at it now and we went to kent and like you know it was good you know i i've got um two brothers and um my, my dad remarried when I when I was like eleven, and I've got uh, three half brothers as well. But oh, I can say wow. five brothers, yeah. So all boys, all boys. My dad had all boys. Um, Blinking it, yeah. So I'm the eldest, eldest of six. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Intense. Yeah. No, nah, it is. So yeah, it was it was quite um mad cap lot growing up, and then obviously I, I went to uni in Liverpool when I was. I, uh, 19 I went I had a gap year didn't do anything good didn't like go to find myself or anything like that. I worked at Tesco in Ashford <laughs> and Kent um you know uh and that was that was my gap year then then I went to uni so I started later and I kind of never really you know I've, I've been in television for for 10 years now 
But I, I've kind of always basically lived up north. What did you do before television? So I was a sports journalist. I did journalism at uni, went over to Leeds, uh, worked for a company called Press Association mm. in East Yorkshire. And, you know, I started there at the end of 2006. So I did that for, for like six years. I auditioned for Channel 4 to be a reporter at the Paralympics. That's what I was, I was going to do. I was going to be a touchline reporter. And so um, I auditioned for them, trained. I did so much research, all knowledgeable to be to be the best mm-hmm. reporter I could be. I did the first day for Channel 4 at the opening ceremony at London 2012, interviewed David Cameron, who was the Prime Minister then. So that's the first time I was on telly. Wow. I interviewed the Prime Minister live. The big boys. I was, yeah, I was I was crapping myself. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then Boris Johnson. <laughs> yeah, Boris Johnson, who was the mayor of London then, I interviewed him shortly wow. after. And I thought I was going to be a reporter. I thought I was meant to be the reporter for the last leg. Um, and they put me on the sofa for the first five minutes of the first show. Me and Josh Widdicombe weren't on together on the first show. We swapped out. Okay. And it was just so people knew who I was if they saw me pop up later on in the week. And then I came in the next day and they said, oh, we, we want to keep you on that on that show. And I generally nice. thought I'd done something wrong because <laughs> I was like, well, you know, it's, this is like a, this a comedy show. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not funny. A lot of people say I'm still, I'm still not. But it was like, I'm not funny. So what, what, am I, what, what are you doing with me on here? Mm. And in the end, like the producer was like, look, this is a really good opportunity for you. Just believe me, just trust in it. And yeah, I, I stopped being a journalist um, that day. And, and oh. now, and I've, you know, 10 years on, I, I do comedy. And yeah, have a look back. It. I do in some ways. Um, there is part of me that still would have liked to have been a serious reporter, but that, I mean, not really. I've had the most incredible 10 mm. years you couldn't you couldn't ask for more the stuff i've got to do um and and the experiences i've had and the work that i've done um it's been big you know to suddenly go from a 9 day contract on cha- on channel 4 is going to come back up to leeds we're going to go on holiday and i was going to try and get my old job back <laughs> i never had any aspirations in telly past that and i just thought oh, it's nice to earn a bit of coin mm. going on holiday to mexico we're going on holiday and it was like right we we'll do that in the october and, and come back and then yeah it's um everything changed so quickly and it's been an absolute roller coaster of, of 10 years i've been so lucky i cannot describe just how how lucky i've got i can't mm. believe you know that i'm coming up to t- 10 years in august since i started i never could have imagined it so yeah it's been it's been a mad kind of journey for me so yeah it's been it's been a, an incredible journey so to speak and obviously i hope that this isn't this this time now isn't kind of the the end of it i <laughs> hope I'm still, yeah but i always thought you know i do I'll do a year telly, mm. do a couple of years of telly. Um, they'll, I'll get found out. I'll stop getting work. <laughs> and then after a while, it was like, I got really nervous because suddenly it became my job. Mm. And I was like, oh, It's your no. life, really. Yeah, so yeah. now it's like I've been doing this longer than what I was ever a journalist. But wow. I still call myself a journalist, even though people would be like, hang on a minute, we, we saw you like dress up as like a chicken on telly <laughs> the other night and last week. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, I still have the degree in that. I still probably train. <laughs> I was really classically trained. I do my research. Yeah, no, yeah, I do, I do. And it's like, so the world I kind of live in now is very far away. Mm. But it, at the same time, it's been, it's great fun. It's been great fun. And, you know, f- for my brothers and, and stuff like that, you know, I've taken them to shows. And they, you know, they've, they've all been up to, to last leg at different points and, you know, kind of been in the audience and come for the drink afterwards. Mm. So it's been, it, it's been lovely. I bet it was mad for your mum and dad as well, because no kid yeah. ever kind of imagined, you know, bringing the child up, going into journalism and suddenly you're on telly. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it was mad for them. It was really, really was. Um, I think my mum still 
can't believe that I'm still not living in Kent and I've not lived there since 2003. The yeah. And I, I, I think that there was an aspect of that where I think that she always hoped I'd, I'd come back. Aww. And yeah, I suppose it, it was it was crazy for them because they had to adjust to it. Um, it's an incredible job, an incredible life. You have to adjust to certain things. Online abuse was one of them. Mm. Like my mum. Oh, man, I'd do a show. And you're just like, because I follow her, you'd see her like gobbing off at someone. And like my dad went on Twitter, he lasted a week. <laughs> he lasted a week. He was he was searching my name and like he only ever sent like three tweets and one of them was like telling some bloke to who like said something horrible about me. And they that was my mum certainly was a real uh, still now, you know, she's always there. I was like, don't search on Twitter. Mm. Don't I, I don't. Mm. If you search if you search for it, you'll find it, believe yeah. me. And I feel like that aspect of it was difficult. Obviously the the idea that all of a sudden I was I was on television and I was well known and, and things like that. That was that was like kind of mad for them, I yeah. suppose. But at the same time, we went through a lot when I was a kid. And since I've had my own kids, I've kind of thought about that a, a lot more, what it was like for them. And we we did. It, was, it wasn't it was easy. You know, you've got to be in mind when I was born, the world was different to what mm. it is now. You know, obviously... You don't you don't wish that's that on kind of on, on anyone, but the the landscape, the opportunities that are out there for disabled people, mm-hmm. you know, for me wearing a wearing a prosthetic, like the legs now, like a you know, I was gonna say there's never been a better time to have one leg. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a bit like that, you know, it's a good uh, technology is advanced with yeah. prosthetics and stuff yeah. like that and you get you get Can good, you put something on Instagram stuff. the other day about the smell of a new I Yeah, the there's nothing the like the, 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 <laughs> It's nothing like the, the new <laughs> leg smell myself, when you get a yeah, new leg, like yeah. a new car smell. Yeah, that was that was it. There's nothing like it. Um, mm. Yeah, it's, that only lasts as soon as you put it on. Yeah. And it's not as nice, <laughs> but yeah, it is like that. And you know, I think for 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 them, um, it was always a, uh, you know, uh, certainly for for my dad, certainly, but you know, before he he passed, sadly, I think there was a big kind of sense of pride for them that mm. how far I'd come. Mm. And I think there is sometimes where I do think to myself, I'd. I don't really give myself credit in terms of, you know, it's like when I go up the gym and, and, and things like that, like I'm not like massively fit, but some of the stuff I'm able to do now and, and some of the sports I've done and things I've done on last leg, it's a world away from what they were told, you know, when it's like, oh, you know, we don't know if he's going to walk and things like yeah. that. And as I said, since I've had my own children, that's kind of been become more to the forefront of my mind. It's been a real journey for them and, yeah. and, and, and for me. And, you know, as I say, it's, you know, I've been very lucky. I have been very lucky in 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 life in terms of the people that I've met, the jobs, the the you know people I've met at work, at school, the friends that I had, and things like people who looked after me, people who kind of looked out for me at school. You know, all of all of those all of those things. I've kind of I have been lucky. The opportunity I got with with Channel Four that I've been lucky that the audiences took to me. I've been lucky that the the attitudes towards disability in this country we're very much like advanced. We mm. sh- it shifted after London 2012. I grew up never seeing any disabled people on telly. I didn't almost didn't audition for Channel Four because I'll be I've said it before. I thought well, there's got to be a reason why none of us are on telly. Yeah, there's no one who looks like me on telly, and it was like well, there must be a reason. Maybe people don't want us on there. And mm. I genuinely I thought when I applied for Channel Four, I was like I just hope I get <laughs> just like I just want another job. Yeah, it could have been anything. And I, I was very reticent with, with that. So it shows you how like landscapes have changed. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually really resonate with that. Um, it's my mum that died when I was 20 and she had cerebral palsy and she, she was born, she was hemiplegic and her grandma, my nan, um, her mum, sorry, my grandma, had said um, they were told her to just put her in a home 
you know, she's not going to achieve anything in life. And it's now that she's died. When I was living with her, I, I never saw her as being disabled. I was like, she's just my mum. But now that she's died and I think back at all the things she achieved and like, you know, six months before she died, she cycled the coast to coast um, from oh, Whitehaven wow. and it was, yeah, incredible. And, um, and I'm like, Oh fuck me! Like, yeah, she's she was a rock star. Yeah, like, what, what a queen. I, I think for my for my kids, they've you know they're only young, they're five and three, but mm. they've they've started to they notice. You know, sometimes yeah. they ask me why, daddy. You know, why do you only have three fingers and stuff like that? <laughs> and it's like you know, I kind of say that's how you know I I, I came out of nanny's tummy and stuff like that. And I remember it's a really big thing for me. But I remember the you know, gosh. Before before my eldest was born, like worrying about dropping her and stuff like that, God, I, I tore myself up in knots about mm. it. And it's like, I remember my best mate coming up to the, the hospital and he was just like, we all worry about it. It's mm. not just you. <laughs> and you went and you you can carry much more. So it's like, don't worry about it. And that, yeah. and then it was like, are they, you know, is she going to, when she notices my hands, is she going to be weird? And I remember the day that she, she noticed, she was just like, your hand's different than mine, isn't it? And I was like, yeah. And I was thinking, here we go. This is the moment. There was no follow up. <laughs> Just carried on. I love on. that from kids. Yeah, it is, and that, like there's there's a there's a lovely honesty with children, yeah. and I I think that you know certainly sometimes when kids come up and they'll say what happened there, and then parents are like no 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 don't don't ask that it's it's rude and it's like well actually it's not I, yeah. I mean you know if I think if you, if you if you're doing it still when you're into your thirties it does look <laughs> a bit weird but I feel like as a kid you don't have those kind of social yeah. um, kind of uh, expectations and actually you can just ask what's on your mind and it's actually really refreshing because it, yeah. it, it, it doesn't it come get... from a malicious place no kids, it doesn't it doesn't great. at all and mm. and I feel that very much with, with my own children and it's a really big big thing for me is is to for them to kind of you know not not feel like I'm any any different and I don't think they do and as I said it's if you'd have asked me that six years ago then I'd have been very different really mm. nervous about it and that and that's something that I've learned, and it and it's been it's been lovely. I'm, I'm really fortunate, really yeah. fortunate. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Um, I suppose we should really get into why you're here because yeah. obviously it is the Dead Prank Club podcast yeah. by name by nature. Obviously, sadly, you are part of this yeah. club that none of us wanted to be in so early. If you wouldn't mind, kind of introducing us to your dad, what his name was, yeah. and his story. So my my dad uh, was called Gordon. Um, he passed away uh, in May. 2019 so it's coming up for three years now uh since since he passed away um i i remember he he got ill when when i was about i think 15 or 16 he he had uh he, i can never remember is it? it's hodgkin's or non-hodgkin's lymphoma it was one of the two mm. but he got ill i remember being i remember him you know i, I was living with my mum at the time and i remember just that one day coming home from school and getting a call that he he was ill and so that completely shifted like, you know, I remember he didn't even really want to tell us, you know, he's kind of not old school, but he very much was the sort of, we would never have known how, how ill he got yeah. when, when he, and he did, um, you know, he did, I was, I remember changing all my options for universities mm, it was I did all that. North, and then I changed one, I put a uh, uh, Kent University, Canterbury Christchurch in as, as a, they mm. let me change it last minute just in case I needed to be closer to home. And I remember that was about kind of 2001, okay. 2001. And, and so I was kind of 16, 17. And so the idea of, you know, you're suddenly faced with the idea of this person you can never imagine not being there. All of a sudden we, we, um, we, we had that in, in our minds. And I remember he, he had chemotherapy and stuff like that. And I remember like he, he never 
we never knew well, up until we were older that there were a few really kind of close moments. I think oh, um, wow. he wouldn't have he never let us know that. Um, it was I remember there was there was one where I remember him going into hospital and I remember I didn't know it was just like a routine thing. It just wasn't feeling very well. Reaction to chemotherapy. I remember it all. And I kind of the reason why I'm kind of telling this is because he he went into remission, but the idea of losing him was actually in my in my mind from when I was when I was 17, mm. 16, 17. I can't remember my brothers are younger than me. So mm. the, the little ones at the time were kind of what they were like five. My my brother was five and, and, and another one was four and another wow. one was two. So he had, wow, he had was a big kind of age three, yeah, my half brothers were they were all really young mm. a lot younger. So it was a real it was um it was a tough, tough, tough old time then, but we were, I wouldn't have known it. I wouldn't have known it. And he was encouraging me to still go to university and stuff like that. Unfortunately, you know, he went into remission and he got better, but it was always that fear mm. in, once in you my know, mind. Once yeah. you know it and it's possible, yeah. you know it, don't you? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I, I remember you kind of, it, he, he passed away really suddenly. He passed away suddenly in, in the May. Um, basically, I remember... I'd, it was my birthday the week before and he was away on a golf trip with my brother and I got, remember my brother Lawrence, he, he kind of said to me, there's something, some, dad's not right. Mm. He's not right. He said, he's not, he's not right. He's, he's, he's kind of, it, there's something wrong with him. He, he, he's not himself. He, he's losing concentration and stuff like that. And I, I remember him thinking that he was kind of saying, I think he's having some sort of, he's having some sort of stroke. He hasn't collapsed, but I'm really worried about him. Yeah. And my brother would like, he wouldn't kind of go, kind of, put that in my mind unless he he was sure. And I remember like dad calling me on, on uh, the Saturday when I got home, I didn't answer cause I was out in Liverpool and I texted him, I said, I'll call you Sunday. I called him the Sunday and I said, are you all right? And he seemed, he didn't seem himself. And I said, Oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm kind of come, I'm going to come down on Wednesday and mm. see ya. So I was like, I'm going to do last leg on Wednesday. I'll come down. I'll stay in Kent. Yeah. And then, Monday night, I, I was meant to be doing a corporate in Manchester and I just got a call to say he collapsed after dinner. Wow. And um, it turned out that he, he'd had, you know, what they call is a catastrophic stroke was what they called it. Um, wow. But it was, uh, yeah, I remember driving down. I had to drive down from Huddersfield. Hmm. I just got the call, come down. Um, and, yeah, I remember I drove down and it was, I remember, like, wanting to hear more because I, I was like, well, hang on a minute, this all right, he's collapsed, but he's going to be all right, isn't he? Mm. And they were like, well, we're taking, they're taking him to hospital now. And then once he got to hospital, it was weird because I didn't leave straight away because in my head I still thought he was going to be, oh, he'll be, he'll be all right. Okay. And uh, I remember just getting another call saying, no, you've got to come down now. Come down. And I just kind of said said, said bye to, to, to my wife and literally it was just like, I was like shaking. I was just like, I don't know what, the, the drive down, obviously, it's like three and a half hours, four mm -hmm. hours. I remember driving down and I was thinking, no, I'll be all right. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be, it'll, it'll be okay. I'll, I'll get there and he'll be okay. But I remember my, my brother, Lawrence, was going to me, look, mate, this is, he's, he's gone. And I was like, he's not, he's not, he's, he's something to be done, mm -hmm. something to be done. And they, he was there. They were all there. Wow. And I kind of got there. And I remember the, the second I saw him, I mean, I just thought he was there. He was gone. Mm. He was gone the, the second, within seconds. And, you know, people talk about, I don't know, it's like, how do you want 
how would you want a situation and people say well I'd, you know wouldn't want them to feel pain and and, and things like that and look it, in that it, in that he he didn't um mm. he was gone second it second it happened the wow. other sounds of it is you know the, it was it was so such a, a bad a bad um kind of hemorrhage or whatever it is that it causes but he was on welfare if you could sense something was wrong with he, him yeah and, and um yeah and i think that whatever we we never as a family we decided we didn't want a, a post-mortem done mm. um you know there were you know if there had been something that was kind of affecting his brain that maybe that would have brought on the stroke is that it's kind of that, that we never got a post-mortem i don't know mm. we all agreed on it it was not it wasn't going to change anything but it was a stroke that that did it what yeah. led up to that is but he wasn't well and i it was weird because i remember the week i remember there was a couple of texts in the in the lead up to it which is you know my dad i knew my dad was proud of me i knew he was proud of me but he didn't always say mm-hmm. he didn't always have to say he Classic was always, dad. yeah he was always like he was very practical so he'd always be like you know if i was going out if he saw me spend any sort of so it's like when when we got a bigger house and stuff like that for it's like, but you're all right though, you? are not gonna, you're not overstretching yourself because what are you gonna do if TV ends? What are you gonna do if it ends? And it's like, no, don't. I, I'm being sensible and stuff like that. And he was, he was a warrior. Mm-hmm. He worried about me, and and it was one of those things where I remember he, he texted me, not he WhatsApp me. I think the week, the, maybe the week or week and a half before he passed away, and it was just so random. He, he, I remember him. I can't remember what he was saying. Was oh, you're out on. You're out on the drink again. And <laughs> he always he said the same thing from when I was 16. And I started going out to when I was like 35. Was oh yeah, out on the drink out on again. The again. And it was like I was. There was times I was like, you know, I don't live here anymore. I don't live with you anymore. I'm allowed. Like I still got nervous even if I went down to Kent and stayed with him about going out and getting drunk. Because I remember back in the day when I had operations on my leg, I used to. My mates used to like. I was in a wheelchair because I couldn't use crutches, but we'd go out, and because I was already sat down, I just yeah. you can get as hammered as you yeah. like. So I get absolutely trolley, oh, and my mates would just like wheel me home, get me out the taxi, and just park me up. I bring the door and then back. knock on the door. Oh. And like, That's come down, hilarious. Be out the game. So he was always funny about me mm. going. Out, but I remember him. I can't remember him saying like, you know, uh, it's. I think I, I said something like, you know, you do realise that. I know my, everyone thinks my job's a piss about, but it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. And yeah. he was like, maybe he just said something like, you know how much I'm, how proud I am. And it's one of those things where I was just like, oh, wow, like, thanks a lot. But it was like, it was, and I was kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah. And it was kind of, he wanted me to know. Mm. And there were a few things he said in, in the lead up to it. And he was like, you know, you've got to look after you your family and stuff like that. And it was weird. It's sort of stuff which didn't register with me at the time. And it's not like he knew, but like I'm not into kind of, I don't know that kind of, what's it called, fate. And, and I mm. don't know about like that sort of thing. That's a different, you know. Yeah. But there are stuff that he said in before in, in, the, in the month or the weeks before, which, you know, and as I said, he never just would text me out the blue and just say something like that. I knew oh. it, but he wouldn't yeah. say that. And it's those sorts of things. And, you know, I, I I take I took heart I take heart from that. It 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 it, it helps um, in in ways. It doesn't make it the pain any less. Um, the fact that you know I'm I'm doing this now. Um, I, I've very rarely spoke. I've not really spoken about it before. Certainly, kind of not publicly. And even with with my brothers now, we we don't always talk about it uh, a lot. We kind of get we get together 
on on the anniversary of his death. We kind of have the last couple of years, but it's you know me and my brother Lawrence we talk quite a bit about it, and it really hit him hard because he worked at the same place as Dad. They played golf oh. together. They were very much in. And did he live in Kent as yeah, well? Yeah, he so lives in Kent, yeah. and it was it's it was really hard. And we still talk talk a lot. Like even even this week, I actually texted him before I did this, and I was like, "Do you mind me talking about it?" And he was like, "No, of course not, of course oh. not." But it was you know in a it still at the time it it was just all of a sudden one day was there i drove down on the monday by tuesday afternoon he was gone and he he was gone and there was like it was it was it was it was almost surreal i i can't i still don't think i don't think i'll ever come to terms with just how Quick, but then how do you? If you know, if you don't know, yeah. there is no that's that's you what, can't play top trumps, no, can you? <laughs> you? You can't, and there's no. Yeah. It's almost for a while I was trying to search for solace in certain aspects, but you can't. Mm. It was. It's after a while it hit me that actually this thing has happened, which will never. There's nothing ever now that's going to be okay. You know, you can like jobs, relationships. You can go well. I can if you're in a bad, I can try and change that. Yeah. I can go to a different job. And this was something where it was like, there is no, it's the first thing that I think had happened to me where it's like, nothing can change. There's you nothing. You can't fix it. There, is, there, there will never, nothing will ever be okay mm. in about, I'll never be okay about this. Mm. And it's so, it, it's, that's quite an overwhelming feeling. Mm. Um, as I'm sure you're aware, is that like, shit. I get that shit, now. It's yeah. been six years and yeah. I, I, I'm in my car sometimes and I'm like, fuck, I'm never going to see my mum again. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm sorry. Yeah, and it, 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 it's a lot. Yeah, and it, it is. It is. It's. It is. It can be overwhelming. Mm. And you know, I'm. I remember. You know, I. I want to. My big thing is looking, looking after my brothers, mm. and that's like kind of something which, you know, I've, I kind of. I don't know. I've taken no one. My stepmom, um, Debbie, is wonderful, mm. and she's always said to me, you know, you're not you. You're not your dad. It's not your responsibility yeah. to look after them all. But at the same time, as the oldest, I take that responsibility. Yeah. And that was what I remember I said to myself just as he passed away. Mm. I said, I'll look after them all. Yeah. And it's like that I, you know, I take I take that. I get emotional about it because it, it means a lot. Yeah. To, to to me, um, to you love try and look them, after them. Yeah, you? I do. Yeah. And it's like you know, we we you know we could fight and stuff like that. But <laughs> it means it means a, a lot a lot to me. So when you know one of them is is in trouble or or something like that, that's something I you know even now I feel like oh I'm not I'm not doing enough. I'm I'm so busy with work, and one of the big you know I listened um uh, to this to this podcast when when I found this podcast and. I'm not like just saying it. It, it was actually one of the first times where I've started to like kind of think about my my own grief, and I found it really comforting um, to 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 listen to you guys and you. and and the experiences and and kind of coping and 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 things like that. And one of the big things was kind of these feelings of guilt you have. Yeah. Why didn't I? Why didn't I just bin off Liverpool on mm -hmm. the Saturday? Why didn't I just go down there? Why didn't I go down more? And it's. I've I've struggled with it for for so long. Was uh, the feelings of guilt? You know, I was so wrapped up in my career. You're wrapped up in, you know, obviously, I've got my own family, I've got my own kids and stuff like that. And I was kind of wrapped up in those sorts of things. And uh, and you you're full of regret what you could and mm -hmm. could have done. But the the problem with that is 
you tie yourself up in knots. You can't, you can't change no, it. No, you, you can't. And also, would you live your life differently? Because it's yeah. so hard, isn't it? Like, at what point does it become enough yeah. to be spending time with them? Do you know what I mean? At what point do you think, okay, I'm not going to feel guilty now when they die? Because I think even if you spent all the time with them in yeah. the world, you're still going to find reasons to feel guilty, ha- aren't you? Yeah, it's- 100%. And there's a lot of feelings of, of, of guilt that, you know, I kind of, I, I do, I, I feel sometimes and... You know, there's little things. I remember him coming to a Christmas show um, just before. My last night out with him was the Christmas. So he passed away in the May. But my last mm. night out with him was a Christmas in 2018. And I remember um, Harry Hill was putting on a charity gig and it was comedians singing Christmas <laughs> songs. And me and Josh Whittacombe sang Fairy Tale in New York. And I remember I I met up for a drink with him and he was out with all of his workmates and he, you know, I saw um, he, a guy called Andy. He was his best man from when he got married to my stepmom and hadn't seen him for years. And like, dad was so desperate for me to stay out. And I said, I've got to go to this rehearsal, dad. I've got to go. I've, like, I'm, they're expecting me there. I've got to mm. go. And there's part of me that I sit there and I just think, oh, I wish I'd have just stayed. Mm. Wish I'd have stayed. Wish I'd have got pissed with him and stuff <laughs> like that. And it, it, you know, I could see he was so proud of me. So proud of me with, with all of his workmates, and, mm. and he was like, "Yeah, not you know, my boy's done good." And oh, so cute. Yeah, it is. It, it's lovely, and at the same time, it's you know, I I I've done therapy. I started therapy before my dad passed away, but like one of the things that I, just today I was talking with my therapist about is actually these these feelings that uh, these memories they hurt, mm. they hurt, and I get emotional, mm. but at the same time they that it's because they're good. It's yeah. because there there was a lot of love there. And I feel I feel very lucky um to have had that. And I try to rather than focus on how difficult it is, is to try and, you know, is is think of, well actually it's because these were good times and isn't that something isn't that something to to cherish. Yeah. And it, it's you know, so it, it's coming up for, for three years. Um and it's I remember I remember the week he, he passed away on a Tuesday. I had last leg on a Friday. I just said, so I'm not coming in on the Wednesday. But by Thursday, I wanted to go in. Yeah. I wanted to do the show. You want that kind of sense of normality, yeah. I think, in a way. And it's a bit of an escape because when somebody dies, you kind of, were you still in Kent at this point or had you come back up north to be with your family? Still in Kent. I was it, still in it's Kent. It's a bit of a limbo. It's a bit of yeah. a weird time. Yeah. I remember ringing up my, my producer and just saying, please. Please put me in. Mm. He was like, mate, we can't. He was like, I, mm. I. He was like, ignoring the fact that I'm your, I'm your kind of boss, is or as your mate, I can't let you come in. You need this time, believe me. Mm. You need, you need this time. And at the time, I was like, it was worse because I tell you what, they, they were like, oh, it's okay, the show, will, show will be fine. I was like, I just said to him, can you talk me through what's in the show? Oh yeah. Tell me what, tell me what you're doing then, and we kind of talked about what's in the show and. Like, then they were like, oh, like, you know, it's fine. You know, we've got someone in. Like, I remember they said, like, Rob Beckett's coming into a place. I said, don't replace me with someone <laughs> better. <laughs> like, he's one of the best comedians in the country. Like, don't replace me with him. <laughs> oh, have you done that? And it was, it was like, it was a thing where I was just like, don't. Like, it's the last thing that yeah. I think my dad's just died. Yeah, yeah, it's like, you know, don't replace me with someone who's loads, <laughs> loads better like Rob. And it was, there was a feeling that I, I wanted to come in and do the show. And mm. I didn't. And... 
I remember they, it was, you know, for, for us, because we're live, it, it's the idea of missing the show is a big, big thing. And yeah. I remember they, I remember the wording they used was it was, it was a family bereavement and stuff like that. We didn't want to say it was my dad. And mm. weird enough, the following week is, you know, I didn't want there to be any kind of, I didn't mention it on the show. Yeah. I didn't mention it anywhere. And, you know, I never put anything on my Instagram or anything like that. And it was mainly because of like, I just felt like my dad would have gone, that's a bit wanky. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he's, you know, that's that's what he was like. And he'd have gone, oh, don't be like, that'd be a stuffy <laughs> bastard and stuff like that. And I was like, I, that's kind of the way, the way I, I, I thought about it. And kind of time moved, moved on. And, you know, I remember, you know, kind of the, the funeral just went in a, in a blur mm. and leading up to that and the amount of people that were there. And it was, I mean, people queuing outside and, you know, because he worked in the railway, it's real old school kind of, you know, he'd been in the railway from when he was like kind of 16 and it's like a real old school industry. So people yeah. had come from Croydon, all these people who'd worked with and he was, it showed you how well respected uh, he was. And that was a real, you know, I mean, it's, it's from my younger brothers as well. You know, my, 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 my brother was, he's, he's little and hadn't even been born. It was just she was born a little while after. How and old is your youngest brother? So my youngest one is God, I tell you, honestly, I've got so many. Hang on, let me yeah, there is absolutely crew with you. So uh, my little brother Ed, he, my youngest brother was nineteen or two thousand. So he's, he's, oh he's wow, like he's twenty. Yeah, he's like so twenty three. Twenty three. Twenty three. I, I think he's twenty three. So yeah, he's he's young. He's a youngster. There's no wonder you feel that kind of pressure to be that kind of father figure kind of the one that's there for them because yeah. I think you know it's young and I'm not unlike I'm not oh, I remember you know I, I I took him away he um he he he's such a lovely like kind of shy young lad um and he you know I took him away with me and my mate I did a show for channel four where we, we tried to swim the channel mm. and I remember like the week after I booked to go away me and my mate John I took my brother with me and I remember he hadn't really been traveling or anything like that. And I was like, don't you worry, mate, this is on me. I'll give you some stories. <laughs> I remember I got us a speedboat from the airport in Croatia. Sure, in Split, got us a speedboat over to this island called Avar. Up there. Yeah, nice. it, was, but it was like normally like you get the catamaran or the ferry. Yeah. We got a speedboat, <laughs> it was pimp. And like that whole week, uh, like kind of, you know, we stayed in an incredible place and it was like I really wanted for for him to have like this kind of happy memories and to spend to spend time with him, um, and it was lovely. And you know, my, oh, it, it's difficult because we we all you know we're six blokes. We all live our own lives. As mm. I said, one of my other brothers, his his daughter was born shortly after mm. dad passed, and you know things like that. And it, it's it's hit us all in in different ways. And it, it's even the other day. My, my other brother, one of my brothers. Sorry, I keep saying brothers. People are going to get confused. Who are you talking about now? <laughs> one of the many. But yeah, what you know, uh, my, my my brother Lawrence. They, he put a thing on our family WhatsApp group of, you know, there was a a bench at the the golf club where my dad used to play, and he didn't even know they'd done this bench in memory of him. And he was like, he put a picture up, and I was crying. I said to him, Jesus Christ, like I'm gone, nice and I'm one. not even there. Yeah. 
but fuck knows how you feel. Aww. And he, you know, it's... Did he just stump, was he, was he playing the yeah, ground of golf? Yeah, he was playing and someone said to him, he said, someone said to him, oh, you've seen the, your dad's bench? Aww. And he was like, what bench? They never told us. My stepmom didn't know Aww. either. And it's a lovely gesture. Yeah. Um, I was getting on the train to, to Leeds um, after a show on uh, on a Friday. I was getting the train up on a Saturday and some blokes come over to me just as I was getting on at King's Cross and they're like, oh, we knew your dad. He's very much missed. And I'm just like, Aww. I was like, oh, thanks a lot. And then just Brought burst into tears. I just burst into tears. Yeah. Burst into tears. Hearing that about your parents yeah. is the nicest feeling it's, ever, but also makes uh, you cry. Yeah, it, it's, it, it, it broke my heart. Mm. And, it really, and I, like my brother was saying, oh, they were, they kind of got a message to him that they were really sorry for. Mm. I said to me, I was like, well, they shouldn't be because it was lovely. Mm. What a lovely thing. You, you, It's not, I was just a mess. Yeah. I just, honestly, it was like, the way I could describe it is like, almost, if you like took a toy of a child, I just literally was fine and I was just like, gone. <laughs> and I was just on the, the train. I was just like. Do you feel like you're in a film when that happens? Yeah, it, was, it, it really, it was. And it was really hard um, to try and like, calm myself down um and i find myself those those moments of emotion um you know certainly with my girls they they're, they're a bit young and it's kind of i, was, I sometimes i feel guilty because I, I don't talk about that to them all mm. the time and i think a part of that is because it's trying to help for them to understand it is a difficult thing also for for me i think from my point of view is that i know i'll get upset and I I know that I don't, I don't want to be upset in front of them. Mm. But at the same time, it's like my therapist said to me today, but it, but isn't it, well, wouldn't it be good for them to see that their mm. daddy can be upset about something, then okay. Yeah. And that's weird because that's what I want from them. If yeah. they kick off or they, they have a tantrum or they're upset, I want them to then be okay. Yeah. So it was, it's one of those things where I kind of, it, it's, it's weird because I, I used the phrase I, I used the phrase today. I was like, you know, I don't do it because I'm I'll I'll get too upset. Mm. And she said, Two, what do you mean? Is there such a uh, thing? Yeah. And then it was kind of one of those things where I was like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna get upset. Yeah. She's like, there's no quantifiable amount. Mm. And actually, you know, my a lot of kind of the the therapy work that I've done is is kind of, you know, pressure coping, all stuff to do with work and things like that. But in terms of grief, it's actually there's not really like there's not um is there's no answers no guidebook it's, is there no there's not no. in another behaviors you know you you can kind of train your mind mm. to feel a certain way i was having panic attacks before work before doing live shows yeah. that's the thing that i can change i can control breathing all of these things you know how you approach things how you approach you know your communications with other people yeah. your relationships you can change all of those you can change how you feel how you react in a situation whereas actually with grief it just is mm -hmm. it just is it is what it is and it's I, I feel like sometimes when i when i talk to my brothers that you know we're all guilty i think not guilty but we're guilty is the wrong word but we've all bottled up yeah. uh, a certain amount and kind of got on with life and it is, it's really, it, it, it's, it's tough. It, it's tough. And I, you know, we've, we've got together last year when, when dad passed and we got, you know, we got absolutely hammered, we just got <laughs> drunk together. And it's like one of those things where at the time it's good to have us all out and have us all together. But I mean, it's like the next day is a massive come down with the, massive, with the, yeah. with the hangover. And it, it is, it's, you know, I, I kind of, I, 
I want I met kind of checking on them. I went home a couple of weekends ago, and I just want them all want them all to 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 be okay. And I and I think maybe you know for for me as I say, I feel this real intense responsibility that no one's given me. Mm. You know, my dad never said to me. <laughs> You oh, by the way, if anything ever happens to me, <laughs> it's all down to you. It's all on you. And my stepmom's never said, "Alex, I need you yeah. to to talk to him." But I, I feel it. Yeah. I feel it. And it's sometimes I feel like I'm letting them down. I'm not. Have I checked in on them enough? Oh God, I've got. You know, I'm worried about this thing that we're doing at work. Oh God, I'm so stressed out about mm. doing. You know, starting to do stand up or whatever. Oh God, am I going to be crap? And I'm worried on the kids and things like that and the stuff at home. And then it's like I'm like, oh God. I've, not I've not made sure they're all, all right and yeah. that's a real real uh, kind of thing for me where I remember just the, the year the January after my dad passed we all stayed in like a big house in in Wales and my auntie my dad's sister and all my cousins were over from Australia and it was amazing and that was it was so incredible to have the family together mm. at that point and it's you know, that, that's the sort of thing I'd, I'd love us to do to do more of because it's yeah. the only way we're going to feel not better. Better's the wrong word. You're never going to feel you better. You appreciate it more, I think. Yeah. Now. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I have a similar sort of situation because everybody always said that my mum was the glue that held the family together because it's, it was just me, my mum, and then my dad and two brothers. So like we were outnumbered and now I am obviously drastically outnumbered. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I actually, you know, it kind of annoys me now, but when I was 20, I had people in my family, not my direct family, but my extended family saying to me, oh, you know, it's going to be down to you now to keep everybody together. Make sure, make sure you keep in contact with your brothers and stuff. Friend of mine, I'm the youngest by seven and nine years, by yeah. quite a lot. But I feel that, like I, I feel that need to call them, check up on them, check in on my dad. My dad is also, I'm basically my dad's parent now, yeah. um, literally. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you kind of, I don't know whether it's kind of like the responsibility, responsibility as a woman and being the only woman left in the family. I feel like I need to keep keep tabs on them, but it just adds to your to-do list and yeah. you don't want it to end up being another thing that you have to do that's a chore 
I think that's the hard that's the hard line I think to cross where you're like okay I want to be doing this because I, I I obviously want to but also I don't want to make myself feel like I'm a shit person yeah. for not doing it. I, I think there's also an element where certainly for me of a kind of a lot of it was well if I do this this will make me feel better about yeah. that person. Yeah. If I somehow I'm doing them a service. Yeah, I'm kind of helping out and it's like that's not it's not going to it mm. hasn't if, if I'm honest, it makes me feel better because I love my brothers, yeah. I love my stepmom. You know, it makes me that makes me feel better is just like being like a decent, a decent um, brother, being yeah. a, being a, a decent stepson and stuff like that. that it's those sorts of, and I'm sure you things. would be if you didn't call them every week. Yeah, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> I'd like to. It's not for me to judge, but yeah, it is. It's that sort of thing where I kind of hope that it's, it it all. It would. I think I hoped if I, I kind of threw myself into that, it would yeah. make make me feel make me feel better. And uh, to an element, it kind of does. But that's it's not. It's never going to make it better that, that that dad's passed away. And it's so difficult. It, it's so. I find that there's stuff all the time, and I'm sure you feel it. Where I'll, I'd love to talk to him about it. Mm. Um, you know, I, I started. I did a documentary a couple of years ago for for BBC about my disability, and I started to talk. For the first time, I started to think about, and that's like a big thing from like therapists to kind of think about all these different aspects, not just yourself. You kind of start to understand how your mind works. And I started to think about what it was like for mum and dad. And my mum's there, but also for my dad. And, I, you know, I, I wish I'd have had that conversation with him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I remember those kind of, those conversations were few and like far between. It was, he was always, you know, my mum always wanted to kind of wrap me up with cotton wool, mm. whereas my dad was like, just put him, get him out there. <laughs> get him out there. Go out and Boot play kick football. Him out the front door. <laughs> yeah, go out and play football. Don't like, you know, go to mainstream schooling, mm. no special schooling, no, none of that. Just get him out there. And that was a big, that's a big reason why I feel like I've been able to to live the life that I have is because I've always been out there. I've never been afraid of putting myself out there. And I feel like there's still, there's always times now where little jobs have come up, you know, in the last couple of weeks I've had things come up that, I'm going to do and it, it would, I, I think, God, oh, I wish I could tell him, mm. wish I could share that with him. Some of the stuff I've done the last few years, I wish, I wish he'd have been there. I wish, you know, I did, I did the, the sink or swim show for channel four. Like it was what it was. So it was only, we did that swim. It was f- less than four months after he passed away. Wow. I went almost straight into like the situation where I was training to do swim part of a relay <laughs> across the channel. But my dad was a big swimmer. Mm, he was okay. a really strong swimmer. Mm. And it was like, oh man, I wish wish he'd have been there. Mm. And, you know, the weather scuppered us finishing. But I remember thinking, I wish, God, imagine if we do it. I wish he could have seen it. Who she, and I like, you know, it, it's there's so many things like that. With with my with my girls, I wish, I, you know, I so wish he could have, seen like the the girls that they've become and yeah. i look back on all the photos and just you know he's one of those parents where he's like i ain't gonna be up you mean me dad's me i ain't gonna be like your mum i ain't gonna be up every week seeing them <laughs> i love them i love my grandchildren love them to bits but i don't want to see them. <laughs> and it was like that honesty i love the honesty <laughs> yeah i love that you knew where you stood yeah. and there was like you know he didn't have to come up all the time yeah. he liked to stay at home and you know god he, he loved those girls Loved them to bits, mm. and it's the same with us boys. Is like, he loved us to bits? He didn't. Need, it was like one of those things where it kind of goes on. You don't need yeah. to to have that all the time, and I feel like that's that set us all all in, in in good stead. But there are so many things. Just you know, gosh, I, I wanted to do a show where 
I'm going to start playing golf and things like that and get adapted clubs. And I've actually been putting it off because it's so, my dad, dad loved golf. golf. I'm the only one of like my brothers who does not really play golf. So, and I've kind of, even now it's like the idea of going out and doing it is like, it's not, not I'm not going to be any good. Obviously I'm not, but it's like, it's, you <laughs> Don't know, doubt yourself. No, I mean, I mean, it's just sheer <laughs> physics, sheer biology, but it's um, with the best will in the world. But it, there's, there's parts of it where I, I put that off because I, I wish, you know, I would love yeah. to have seen, would love to have him to have seen that. And it, it's really difficult. It's, um, it's what nobody tells you. Like, I know nobody tells you how to prepare for somebody that you love dying. But it's the fact that nobody tells you that you actually feel that again and again and again. Like yeah. every new thing that happens in your life that you can't share with them. And I think that's the thing that I found the hardest, like as the years went went on. And, and like now, I'm, and I'm like, God, it really is like... It is a con- it is a constant journey and a constant kind of battle to kind of be able to process it. And like you said earlier, is is learning to sit with it and accept that it is just what it is, and try and it's obviously like you know you've been going to therapy and stuff. It's trying to kind of build those building blocks that kind of help you cope in some way or form. Yeah, I, th- I think it is, and it's like I'm sure people listening that's like oh, you know because I've, I've been I did, I've been to therapy. It's more of like a wellness thing, if mm. I'm honest. Um, it's not. It's not about grief, yeah. Um, because there's no. My therapist said today, it's not like this. It's just talking. There's no. There's yeah. no like. There aren't like scientific. You can't go to therapy for six weeks and be like, I'm all grief. Yeah, out, and yeah, I'm done. <laughs> and it's like you know, or it, it's the sort of the idea that people would be like, oh well, um, you know, I need I need to cope with this better. There's no such. There's no such thing as. There's no better or worse. And it's like I, I worry about my brothers. I worry about how how they are coping. I worry about my stepmom. But it, there's still part of me where it's I don't know. It, it's everyone to their own. I can't tell them. I couldn't possibly tell them how to how to how to be. So my my brother and my stepmom, you know, I I I spoke to both of them about doing this. I was mm. like, do you mind me mind me talking about? It? And I'm like, no, of course not. Like my brother said, you. Do what you talk it's as your you grief, want, yeah. yeah. And and I suppose it's a weird, maybe it's slightly weird that I was not worried, not at all. I didn't think for a second they'd go no, but it's it's like I suppose it's that I don't know. I just kind of almost wanted uh, some reassurance, I suppose. I suppose it's different for you as well because like you have a platform, so it's you know it's, it's yeah. a very personal story for you and for your family. Yeah, I, th- it, I think I would I would probably be it, be the is. same. I, I think it's a it's a weird one, you know. I I don't know on. On Facebook, it's like I'll, I'll put something up. I never put anything up on my Instagram, mm. but on like Facebook, I put something up, and then you get lots of people. They're all well wishing, and it's mm. lovely. But at the same time, it's like nobody else really gives a fuck. Well, no, it's just a part of me. It, it's like <laughs> a, and there's nothing. Nothing's. This isn't going to make seeing these likes. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't make, make you me feel better. better. No. You know, someone's just put the emoji on Facebook with a little crying tear emoji it's like oh, okay then nice. and it's like it's not made me feel better and i get it people are just being lovely but yeah. it's it's that sort of thing where it, it's it's really difficult it is difficult and you know i've i it doesn't really make any difference ultimately yeah. um but at the same time there, there are things where i try to think of there's things i do day to day where or situations where i think what would what would my dad do yeah. What would my dad say? Yeah. What would my dad say in this situation? And I say it all the time to my stepmom, to to my mum, and like to my brothers. Like, 
would dad have thought about this? I think that's the best way to keep them alive. I think it's it's one of the easiest ways to keep them with you because it's so easy to move on with your life and keep yourself busy. Like, I know that you said when you first messaged the the podcast page and you'd mentioned on that that you hadn't really started processing your grief really until... Yeah. I think that might have been nearly a year ago now when you said that. Um, But like, do you think that it's doing stuff like that that's kind of... Have you started doing that more since you've kind of begun thinking about it more or talking about it yeah more. I, I think i think i have uh, i think i have to an extent i remember listening to the one that you guys did with siblings oh yeah and i, I remember um, his, uh, his brother yeah was on yeah. and like that re- i was bawling my eyes out in the mm-hmm. car and i'm like i remember that was like because it was it was because i was like oh yeah this is these feelings that mm-hmm. i've kind of maybe just been pushing down it was like oh it's okay to feel a certain way and it is. It, I, I think that that's helpful. Um, it's weird. I was one of the big things that I kind of was a sense of my 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 brother about doing this. I was like, I, I think actually I'm gonna. I want to do it because I want. To, I think it's gonna. It's helpful to. Yeah. It's helpful to me uh, to to talk about it. And you know, it's. I don't talk about it at home uh, all the time. I don't talk about it at work because it's not the. It feels like it's not the. There's so much else going yeah. on, um, and it's. It's just one of those things where I don't I don't talk about it all the time. I don't talk about it with all my mates. And one of my mates, is, his dad passed away shortly after. And there is a feeling where you kind of resign to the fact it's just nothing's going to make it mm. okay. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that there aren't ways where feel better feels like the wrong word. But to, to make peace ease is the wrong it, word. Ease, ease the pain ease a little maybe, bit, maybe. Ease, <laughs> ease. And, you know, and, and maybe understand some of mm. it maybe is maybe a better you know once you kind of get an understanding as i said there's i spent a long time thinking of the idea of god i need to almost god i need to start think i need to get over this or i need to get mm. get around this i need to i need to get my head in the game mm. you know especially because you know the week i missed one show and i went back in and i was like doing back into work and you it's like I threw myself into it and it's almost like I need to get my head in the game. I need to focus on this. Yeah. And actually it's, it's the wrong way uh, to think really because it don't ain't going to go nowhere. No. And you, all you're doing is kind it's of delaying. Yeah. All you're doing is delaying delaying a feeling that will never change. Mm. And that it's not, as I said, the word make your peace of it is not quite right, but I have kind of accepted the fact that there's nothing that will ever make this better now. And it, it's just doing things day to day. Thinking about him, I think about him every day, mm. and it, it's it's one of those things where it's that's all you can do, that's all that's all any anyone can do. And I've stopped quantifying my grief. Mm. What should or shouldn't be enough? Stopped it. It's not. Mm. It's just unlike anything else. You can you know like a relationship goes wrong. You go, I need to get over this. You do. People need to, will you take do, you, you out. need to get over it. <laughs> yeah, people will take you out, and they'll go. We're going to help you get over this. Yeah. We need you to. You need to move on. Yeah. Whereas with with grief, it's like one, that one emotion which there isn't really moving on as as such. There is moving, mm. and and even sometimes there's not moving, and both are okay. Yeah. And that's one thing I've learned so much over the last few years. So many situations that this it's never like one or the other. Two things can be true at the same time, and they can yeah. be completely different. Happy and sad. Yeah, you you can, it's, and those both of those are acceptable to be okay. Yeah. And I and there's nothing wrong with either, and that and that's kind of the sometimes with 
totally with my brothers is if they're not okay then that's i'm going to leave them to to be that way um i can't help i'm not going to be able to make it better for them mm. and i just think as as a family is i want we you know it's just to try and be closer and that will give you some comfort i think it will get it gives gives me comfort it gives me comfort when we all get together um you know i there was a thing that we we do before christmas where we We'd all go out, my dad and, and my brothers, just before Christmas. And like, God, I remember one year ended up like. I would love to brothers, see this, you know. Two of my brothers, it got a bit leery. got involved <laughs> as well. We'd all had a few. And it's like dad had gone home at that point. But it wasn't, you know, it's. it's you I know, bet six, the bunch six, of you have got some hella stories. Yeah, six, six of us together. Mm. Um, but at the same time, it's like they're my, they're my dad's legacy. Yeah. All six of you are. Yeah, all, all six, all six of us are, yeah. and we're we're what he left. Yeah. What he left, and there's there is a sometimes there's <laughs> there's a comfort in in that. Um, you wouldn't think it to to look at comfort us, in the chaos. But, yeah, there is a comfort in that, and that's what we we he 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 left behind, mm. and I think he would have wanted us to to look look after each other, and I hope that you know he's he's looking down, and there are there are things sometimes when. I, you know, I think I want, I don't know, so many things that kind of opportunities that have come up my way. And it's easy that that idea of fate and, and all of that. Sort a lot of, of people business. lean on that after they've, after yeah. somebody's died. It's, it's a very common yeah, thing. They, they, it was, I remember shortly after he passed away, it was still down in Kent. So it must've been only the week. It might've been the weekend after my brother had everyone to his house. And I remember him putting this, this he was just putting like, there was just music on and we were all outside and the kids were all there, all, all the, you know, the grandkids were there. And I remember this Chris Rear song came on and I hadn't heard it. I remember when my dad used to drive me to, to go, and get, go and get my legs. And I remember, it's so mad because I used to love it because I'd get the morning off of school <laughs> and I'd try and like, they'd give new me leg the, day. They'd, yeah, new leg day, they'd give me the legs and I'd be like, this ain't right. And it was. I just didn't want to go back to school. Mm. But I remember he always used to listen to things like Chris Rear in the car. And I remember like hearing this song. And I said to my brother, I was like, oh, did you put that on? Because it reminded you of Dad. And he went, no, it's just on shuffle. Oh. And I remember it freaked me out. It freaked, mm. me to, it freaked me to fuck out. I'll be <laughs> honest with you because we were all there. We were all thinking of him. And just at mm. that one moment. So that's so all, weird. And it, it, and it is that sort of thing where it was almost like, like he was there, like he, as if he was going, like, I don't know. Saying hi. Yeah. And that, I know it seems in, it's not mad, maybe, but it's one of those I things can, that I can assure you, yeah. everyone listening to this will be like, yeah, I've had a moment like there, that. There, and it is. And it's like, it was like, first of all, I don't know, it, it gave me a, a sense of comfort mm. in, in a way. And I feel like there's there's plenty of, of, the, of those moments where I, I think, oh, I don't know. It's like he's there. It's like he's there sometimes. And certainly when I'm still at the house and, you know, I go into this kind of little cave, his little man cave that he had mm -hmm. and like all of that sort of thing, I still feel like it's like he's, he's not, he's not gone. I was saying to somebody the other day, cause whenever there's a sunset, I was telling him like, I was like, oh, amazing sunset today. And he was like, Kat, why are you always telling me when there's a really nice sunset every single time? Yeah. And I was like, I love them. Like, I love them so much because I know that my mum liked them, but for some reason, I see an amazing sunset and I say out loud, like, hi, mum, 
and it's just yeah. something that I do. And it just, for some reason, it just makes me feel like she's there. Yeah. Like that's her. I don't know what it is, but you just feel like a comfort from it. And I think even if you don't believe in fate and all, kind of, and all that kind of stuff, I think it's nice if you feel a comfort with something. Like, why not? Why not have that? Yeah. Like, why and not? But also, like, who's to say it's not true? Well, yeah. That's the thing. We don't we know, don't do we? Know. We don't have I mean, a bloody this, clue. This is a whole other podcast. <laughs> but there is an element of who's to say that, it is, yeah. is, that there's not something in it that yeah. we don't know. And, yeah, it's... It's kind of with, with stuff. There's still things that I, thought I find quite painful, um, like the the, the music um, that they played when um, in the crematorium, mm. uh, when the kind of the music when the, the kind of it goes behind the curtain, the curtain yeah. goes behind the curtain. I still I can't listen to Same. it. Same, I can't. I can't. I can't. And it's like I, it just it sends me. Mm. It sends me. It's it's just. I, and it's one of those things where I thought I tr it was a weird time. So afterwards, I remember about a year later, I was like trying to like almost like I was trying to make myself listen to it in the car without crying. That's not a very fun just, game. No, it wasn't. It was just it was a shit game. It was a shit game <laughs> yeah. on the M62. And the M62 is crap at the best of times. Anyone who's been on it will tell you. Yeah. And it's not a good. And it's like you know, all it did was make me emotional. Mm. And people are like, I don't know what the other cars must have thought with, and they're like, I mean, look. I mean, he's gone him. on the M62 at five o'clock. What's he expecting? He's, he's taking this bad. That's me coming here. He's taking this bad. It's like, I don't know what's got him. It's because this is the highest motorway in Britain. I don't know. It's just the attitude. <laughs> but there is, there was, I remember trying to do that. And I kind of look back at that, those kind of, you have to go through it though. Yeah. I think I've had to, I had to do that ridiculous thing to, to feel, to feel Kind of how, Sometimes how you actually now. force yourself to feel the pain. You know, if you feel yeah. like you need to have a bit of a cry or. You just want to feel sad about it. Yeah, putting the putting that kind of music on. Wow, it really does bits. <laughs> yeah, it does. And there's a thing where sometimes I think that we we should allow. I I think to myself, I should allow myself more time mm. to just be upset. Mm. And there is a tendency to to hold it in. Yeah. If I feel upset about a thing, is is to hold it in. And actually, it's only gonna it's. Just all that's doing is bottling it up, mm -hmm. and I, I feel getting it out is 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 the best way. And I kind of look back and think, how have I ever done? How did I go through those times, like trying to force myself to to be upset about the these things? I actually, um, I actually think it's good to schedule <laughs> schedule time out every yeah. month. Sometimes to be like, okay, I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have an afternoon, yeah, or like a half hour there, where I'm gonna listen to all the songs that remind me of it, yeah. um, or I'm gonna go to a place that reminds me of them and actually let myself be sad because I think life is so busy yeah, and it's so easy to get so swept up in it that you actually don't give yourself any time and suddenly you're like god I'm feeling really crap I'm feeling pent up I'm feeling sad and then I'm like oh okay I haven't actually given myself any space to yeah. feel for yeah, a while absolutely absolutely and that that's kind of something that I think I, I need I need to do to do more of mm. I think I'll you know Showing the kids the, the photos on the mm. phone. They like to see the photos. We've got the photos up on the wall and stuff like that. But I feel like that's a big thing for me mm. is, to, is to talk to them about him and to show. There was a moment I remember showing the kids the photos of them. They love seeing photos when they were babies. Mm -hmm. Going through on the phone and like showing them. It's the ones of dad. Oh. Scroll past really quickly because I was, I was suddenly oh. like gone. Yeah. And it's like, and then afterwards I felt shit because I, I felt guilty because I've not, shared that with them yeah. and not gone, that was your granddad. Yeah. He thought you look were amazing. 
And it's like, it's really, there's, it's not worth torturing myself over that because there, as I said, there's no right or wrong. No. I, I, f- I feel. And, that, and that's the kind of, in terms of my journey where, where I'm at now, kind of going into, into three years and it's still, it's still so raw, but I can't imagine there coming a time when I'm in 20, 20 years time when I'm like, oh no, it's like, it was all right, actually. Mm, yeah. You know, there, there will always be moments, especially with, with the kids and Definitely. things they do and things you do every week. Every week. There's stuff where I find myself like, I used to get road rage. And there's stuff where I, I get it. And it's like, that's just like what my dad would have done. Yeah. I remember seeing it when I was a kid. And it's like, I know that's not good, all of that sort of thing. <laughs> but it is like that sort of thing where there is part of me where... I don't know. There is, there is a, <laughs> I don't know. There is, like my dad was like that. He'd just tell someone to F off. And yeah. there's part of me that's like, ah. You're going to start owning that now. It's not, by the way, he wasn't like a gobshite. <laughs> there's part of me where it's like, I feel like we I all turn a bit gobshite when we're in traffic. Yeah, exactly. There, there is sometimes there's stuff where I like to, or, you know, I've, I'll react in a way that he would have. Mm. And you notice thing, it so much more now. Yeah, you? you do. You and can actually I, appreciate it, even if it's just shit quality. Yeah, hundred percent, a hundred percent. Like you know, I remember. I it's weird because I, I did my documentary and they were kind of like, oh, when you were at school, like, what sort of advice people go? Oh, do you know, to get rid of like you didn't get bullied. What sort of advice did your parents give you? Mm. And I remember my dad just saying, anyone says anything to you, just boot them with your leg. <laughs> And I remember you think about that. that as, you think about that as advice. <laughs> it, it's 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 what to put it. It's debatable <laughs> <laughs> to get advice to give to a six-year-old. But <laughs> my God, I don't half look back on it with fondness. <laughs> yeah, don't half look back on it, and it's like obviously we're not on a we're not condoning violence, but that was my upbringing. That was that was my upbringing, and there's and I'm I'm kind of whatever we're right or wrong or whether it's by certain parents and manuals like, i'm proud of it and, uh, and i'm and it keeps me thinking of him it i was does. actually i was actually going to ask you um one of the the questions that we we like to ask to kind of uh finish the finish the episode is you know, we like to kind of bring that person's life a little bit for people listening and also gives you an opportunity to talk about your dad because we don't always get the chance to do it um but i was going to ask you what your kind of favorite memory is of, oh. of your dad I love I love this I've question because people always light I've up. Got, yeah, I, I've got there's so many. There's, <laughs> there's so many. You can stay for the hour if you want. You can write a book. There's so many. Um, I I think that there's there's a picture that I have as um, my on, on my phone, and it's of me and my dad, and we're at this pub opposite Stratford, um, opposite the Olympic Stadium, and basically I just finished the Paralympics. I just finished. It's like all of a sudden my life had changed in nine days. And I remember he was there with a load of workmates and he was like, I was staying in a hotel nearby. And he was like, come and have a drink. Come and have a drink with us all. I remember going and like, it was the first time I'd seen him since like telly had exploded. Suddenly, mm. you no, know, in less than two weeks, my life had changed. And I remember like how, how proud he was. I mean, it was insane. And it was that for me is that was a lovely memory yeah. that was that's you know that was yeah and i i i all the time i when when times in my career have got difficult i kind of certain last few years i think about that honestly this this photo 
It's just he's just beaming, and I'm. Uh, it's just it's it's lovely. He's so Aww. he's so proud. It's a wonderful. It, it's it's such a, a lovely memory mm. to have had, and I realised that you know I didn't have to go on telly to to make him proud. Yeah, I didn't. But it's just one of those things, and there's there's loads of there's so many like kind of things. I remember him coming to watch me play football when I was I remember I was about fourteen. He came and watched me, and I was so pleased that he'd come. And he was I remember him like. <laughs> I remember, I think I scored. It was like I was playing disability football and I remember I, I just got into it and I remember I something, scored something stupid in this five-star tournament. So I'm like 14 goals in three games. And I was just like, at the end, he was like going, go easy now. And I remember, I was like, but I'll never be as good as that again. And there were like things like that where I kind of think about and it was, also some of the kids were more disabled than this. <laughs> <laughs> it was, no, it was like, seriously, no, go easy. Like some of these, I know you're all disabled, but some of them are definitely more disabled than you. So it was a thing where it's like, all right. Uh, but I, I didn't give a shit. No, I bet you and, didn't. I, and there was, there, I remember playing the school football and him getting me these boots and, and things like that. And those those memories, those those memories are, are kind of, I wish... Sometimes I, I, I've got fondness for them. I, I wish I'd have had the awareness to go. Mm, hindsight. But, uh, yeah, to, to, to go. Like I didn't I didn't think about how hard it must have been for him when I was younger mm. and what it must have been like to, you know, I remember I got told a story about the idea of him. I remember he bought me some some football shoes or some trainers and I think that my, my granddad or someone had said to him after I was born, well, you're not going to need them now. It breaks my heart, that story. It breaks mm. my heart. But at the same time, it's it's like, well, it was we were, they were wrong. Yeah. They were wrong. Yeah. And I, I remember he told me that story. Um, that, I think yeah. that, like those kind of comments, I think, light a fire, I think, in they your do. parents. They, I know it lit a fire in my, in my yeah. grandma. She was like, I'm going to make sure this. I think that's it. That's a look life. also, I don't, you know, I'm not like angry at uh, at that, at that comment because yeah. of its time it's, it's, it's a different generational mm. it's a different time it's mm. 1984 but there's you know there's things where I, I do now and I've you know I wish I wish you'd have been able to to, to to see it but I'm sure he knows sure he knows absolutely and that, and that yeah as I said that that, that London 2012 was mm. just just wonderful it was brilliant it was lovely I've got to say Alex I've loved this and for somebody that hasn't spoken about it in depth before, yeah, and I've really gone on and on with a, with a stranger. You know, you've it, honestly, you've absolutely wonderful, and I think you've you've like captured things so well that I think people aren't able to for actually a really long time afterwards. Um, so I I really really appreciate you coming oh, on and talking you. about your dad. And thank you, thank you for, and also family. thank you to you and 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 Emma for for this podcast. It's brilliant. It's um, all about uh, yeah, storytelling. Isn't yeah, it? and it really helped me, and that's why you know oh, when I got cute. in touch with you guys, I just think it's brilliant. So thank you, and thank you for giving me the chance to talk about him. You know, otherwise I'd have just been I've loved I'd it. have been watching the Champions League and Arsenal aren't <laughs> even in it. And not, you know, what's the point? <laughs> yeah, I'd have just been watching City spank someone. So I really, but genuinely, thank you so much for having oh. me. It's been lovely. It's thank funny. I, I really value that uh, the podcast. Like in my days, still, life, I don't talk about my mum that often. Like, I do try and shoehorn her in at any possibility because that's who I am as a person. I'm like. By the way, my mum's died. Um, I try and bring her up, and I'm lucky. I've got friends in the in work that have, you know, lucky and unlucky, um, but they've experienced something similar. But there is something so nice about just sitting opposite somebody and just having. Yeah. Also, I feel guilty because I've just talked, and I feel like I haven't oh, let I've, you talk I've enough. Talk, I've talked about my mum plenty. Don't worry. 
<laughs> I feel like I've just met you. And this it's is like, your no, therapy was, session, no, not mine. It's <laughs> no, it kind of, you know, no, he was, you know, obviously we share something, but no, it was mainly, he really, it was mainly all him. He didn't really listen to what I was. was <laughs> no, you've been you. brilliant. Thank you so brilliant. much. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Dead Prankle podcast. Don't forget you can get in touch with us across social media and on our email address. You can drop us an email at hello at deadprankclub.co.uk. Contact us on Instagram at Dead Parent Club Podcast, on Twitter at DPC Podcast, and on Facebook at Dead Parent Club. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 